This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are all the way up to episode 40 of the Sustainable-ish podcast. And I know it might feel like we've done quite a bit of period talk in this season of the podcast because we've had Susie Hewson from Nature Care talking about plastic in period products and in wipes in episode 31 and a fab chat with Celia, one of the co-founders of Dame, who are the first reusable tampon applicator feel like that always needs a little tagline not as grim as it sounds which is in episode 35 so do go back and have a listen to them if you haven't already but we're on periods again and I think that's no bad thing because there's still so much of a taboo around periods and when you think that half of the population has will have or has had them the more we talk about it the better and in sustainability terms given that in the UK 4.6 million single-use tampons and pads are flushed away every single day and that's just the ones that are flushed and not disposed of properly in the bin I think the more we can talk about periods and about the reusable options that there are then absolutely that is all for the better too so today's episode is all about period pants what are period pants I hear you ask well they do exactly what they say on their on the tin their pants that you wear when you're on your period. So they have an absorbent gusset, which I'm still immature enough to giggle and snigger at the word gusset, so bear with. They have an absorbent gusset and they soak up and lock away the blood. So all you have to do is pull on your pants. No pads shifting around to giving you a wedgie or anything like that. I think they're a brilliant option for teenage girls starting their periods as they're significantly less daunting than being faced with something like a menstrual cup. And they can also be used for bleeding after you've given birth or if you suffer from a little bit of stress incontinence, which if you have kids, then I'm guessing you may well have done. You can listen to hear about my mild trauma going trampolining with the kids a little bit further on in the episode. So I'm chatting to Ruby, who is the founder of WUCO which stands for Wake Up Kick Ass, just in case you were wondering, who are a UK brand of period pants. And she tells us her powerful story behind starting the company and some of the bigger issues that Wooka is helping to tackle with regards to period taboos and ocean plastic as well. So listen in and do let me know your thoughts. If you've got two minutes, it would be amazing if you could show the podcast some love over on iTunes by leaving a rating and a review. And of course, do tell all your friends. Enjoy. Hello, Ruby. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. 
Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jen. It, no it, problem it, at it's all. It's an honour <laughs> to be part of the whole mo- movement of, of sustainable. Yes. Oh, um, thank you. What you're doing. Oh, you're very lovely. Thank you. Um, right, let's kick off by asking you to introduce yourself. So I'm Ruby. Uh, I'm from Nepal, a Nepali woman. Um, been living in UK for nine years. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Wuka Period Pants. So we make reusable period underwear that completely replaces tampons and pads. Okay. So period pants, they seem to be a relatively new kind of incomer to the reusable um, sort of sanitary wear field. What are period pants? Might be a stupid question, but there might be some people thinking, what, what are period pants? Yes, uh, and I give that many question many <laughs> times as well. What what is period pants kind of thing? So basically, it's it's an underwear that you can use for your periods, and the underwear is made in a such a way that it wicks the moisture and interlocks it in the absorbent layer. Then you have got underneath a leak-proof layer that doesn't let it leak out. So we, our underwear holds four tampons worth of blood, so up to twenty ml. Or if I'm giving you day-to-day measurement with that's 40 spoon of okay. blood yeah um can and any in any surface area of the underwear it can hold that much so it, it's not just a period underwear it, it's an underwear that you can use for postpartum bleeding after yeah. birth uh you can use it for incontinence of any kind slight incontinence or incontinence urgent incontinence but not full-on incontinence uh but it does hold very different kind of liquids and stuff and you can use it for like discharges or all sorts of things yeah so they are just because you very kindly sent me a pair and they are just knickers aren't they but yes. they have a like a very padded gusset maybe gusset. Yes. um so it's kind of this is gonna conjure up the completely the wrong idea in people's head kind of like wearing a nappy but it's it's not at all like that bulky or anything like that is it you can fit them under leggings and slim jeans and all that sort of thing yeah, yeah. It's more like, you know, we we wear conventional pads, right? Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing, but that is built in the underwear. Built it doesn't in. move, it doesn't shift, it doesn't have those horrible sticky things yeah. uh, at the back of the pad. <laughs> we're always like, this is one of the biggest problems. It's like, sometimes your hair gets stuck in that. Yeah, like, really. So painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> um, people have all sorts of problems with um those are the kind of glue also gives like irritation to many women yeah and they have like a chafing irritation kind of thing so this is like the comfort version of those pads so I guess a lot of people's first question would be do they leak now none of the menstrual product in the market are bomb proof yeah so if the the main thing is you know your flow best that's what we say and then it is supposed to hold 20 ml at any surface area four teaspoons and after that, if you continue to wear it, yes, it will leak. But then again, this all depends on your flow, how, sure. how you get on. Because we have got customers who wear from 8 in the morning to 8 in the afternoon, and they're perfectly fine. Right. Some people have heavy flow, and they, they can only wear for four to five hours. Yeah. For your normal, if you have a like, normal bleeding kind of flow, we normally say it lasts, on heavy days, it will last up to six to seven hours. Okay. Um, and on lighter days, you can wear it all day or sleep on it all night. Many of our customers sleep on it. And this is one of the comfort thing, I guess. You don't have to worry about any kind of leaks or uh, you wake up in the morning and then surprise bleeding all over the yes. sheets. Yeah. That's, that's days of the past okay. now. 
So, so you can sleep in them, and again, sleeping there's no, there's not normally any leakage. No, no, no. Okay. And can you exercise in them? Are they comfortable to exercise in? Yes, yes, <laughs> they are. Actually, we did uh, recently a ten k run, and the funny thing is, like, I just came on my period on that day, thank God, <laughs> and I was running on my pants. <laughs> well. Oh wow! Nothing else. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, no, they are perfectly fine. Uh, people have run 10K, 20K. Yeah. We have got many some customers who have run ultramarathon of 50K. Wow. Um, so, and you you hear from them, it is incredible, like, um, like how the underwear survives. Like, yeah. And you don't get no chafing, no any kind of irritation whatsoever. And I guess as well, because you said that they're quite good for sort of stressing continents and things and yes. often you know women of a certain age or um I I went um I've had two kids and went trampolining with them and I was like oh oh hold yeah. on a minute oh yeah <laughs> so for things like that it can be quite helpful just to or you know if you do get stressing continents when you're running or things like that you can wear them for that absolutely absolutely and and I, I don't I don't know we tend to go like maybe slightly older age kind of women but the, the little leaks happens from very like I don't know I I have sometimes and yeah. mine is like more like a discharge and the the fact that it looks like I've just weed my pants kind of thing <laughs> that this starts up like so they are perfect for me especially if I want to wear like beige or very yeah. like, trousers kind of thing I do wear period pants without being on period so okay yeah so so they are perfect and the the biggest thing that we pushed on was the comfort more than anything we wanted to bring the most comfortable underwear. Yeah. Yeah. And so you obviously do a range of different sizes for different size women. And there's a heavy and a light version. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So we do from size four. So girls from 10, 11 years old Mm -hmm. upwards can wear it. Um, And uh, we do up to size 20. So our underwear comes slightly larger uh, towards the end. So if you're what we normally say is if you're like 12 to 14, go for a size 12. Okay. Rather than 14, because you want a snug fit rather than a loose. Um, And um, size 20 sometimes fits size 22 as well. Okay, cool. It's a good good range, yes. And they're all the same style, aren't they? They're like a brief style. Yes, brief, black. When we did the first market research, like 99% of the people say like black is my go-to period pants yeah. kind of thing. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to make that black comfort kind of uh, underwear. Yeah. And nobody really wants racy underwear when they're on their period, do they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. we, we are thinking of doing some light colours. So. Okay. Some for like girls, if they want to go like ballet or something. And right. Yeah. Protected kind of way. Um, okay. Yes. And is there an ick factor with the washing and um, so what do you do if you're out and about and you need to change? How do those things work? Um, there's no, no such thing as ick factor. I mean, some people are quite squeamish about blood mm. um, and, and we factored that in our mind. And then what we made is like we chose a fabric that can be washed in the washing machine. Yeah. So basically um, you can just chuck on its own or rinse the blood out and then chuck on with the blacks up to 40 degrees so that kind of like avoids any kind of ickiness in terms of wearing so the absorbent fabric almost like interlocks the liquid so you don't feel wet whatsoever okay um so it keeps you slightly dry until it has reached like full saturation kind sure. of thing. then you'll have to change it um so how do you know how do you know when it needs changing does it just start to feel a bit wet slightly wet yeah okay yeah 
you go to the toilet and come back and then you, when you wear it, then it feels like wet. Then okay. Like, okay, that's, that's time to change kind of thing. Cool. Um, but washing wise, I normally, what I do is personal, this is my personal experience. It's like whenever I'm in the shower, I just put the underwear down on the floor. And then as the water runs through the body, I just put my feet on top of it and yeah. just rip all the blood out, you know, and then if I'm doing washing my blacks at the time and just chuck it with them and then sure. up to 40 degrees, up to 40 degrees, I say I normally wash everything at 30. Yeah. I try to be eco. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and then just take it out and hang dry them. Cool. Drying, drying does take slightly longer time because of the many layers of the fabric sure. in it. If the sun's like today, it's nice outside. So you can yeah. just dry it in the sun. Or what we do is like, if you have a bathroom radiator, which is like warm for your towels, yeah. you can just do inside out and just hang it over there. Okay, great. Overnight. Yeah. And I, did I read on the website that you shouldn't tumble dry them? No. So the absorbing fabric is all like interlocked and heat bonded together. Right. So what happens like if there's too much heat, uh, it kind of like expands uh-huh. in a way and becomes less absorbent. Right. Okay. So. And also. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, also, I think I read that you shouldn't use fabric conditioner. Fabric softener, yes. Exactly. Okay. It, it, it reacts the same way as well. So just, just normal wash. Yeah, normal yeah. wash. It's like, you know, like you're washing a regular underwear kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you don't need to rinse it in, because, um, you know, if you have blood stains on clothes, then the traditional advice is to use cold water. Otherwise, it sort yes. of sets the stain in. But you can just use warm water or, as you said, the shower water or whatever. Yes. To, okay. yes. You can. Um, if if you think that you're, you haven't washed the underwear in like, like as soon as you took it off. Sure. It's always good to put some salt in the cold water. I think so oh, okay. that reduces any kind of stain because oh. I think the salt absorbs the stain kind of thing. And then, yeah, um, it, they are they are always known for like stain removing kind of thing, natural method. Yeah, cold cold water salt. So if you can't wash straight away, so if you're at work or you're out or you, you just don't have enough washing to put on for a day or two, you just yeah. rinse them and then and then they're quite okay just to sort of leave for 24 hours before I mean, if, if you if you don't mind hand washing, just hand oh, okay. wash it. That's what I do, like in the sink, just like take it off and then just use one of the soap that normally you put it in the body, like 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 a bar soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, I just wash it with my hand. I, I, don't, oh, I honestly don't feel icky at all, so... Okay. Um, but it's only when you feel really icky and you don't want, you do you are quite squeamish about blood yeah. maybe it's worth but I normally I do, do every underwear um tights socks those yeah. kind of thing hand wash it you know oh uh, okay cool yeah. so if I know this is probably a how long is a piece of string thing because everybody will have different periods and different flows and that sort of thing but how many pairs generally do you recommend people to get to cover them for a whole cycle so if you bleed four to five days, I would say normally seven pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so five heavy, two lights kind of thing. So right. the lights kind of covers towards the end of the period and then the beginning of the period kind of thing. So if you're yeah. due tomorrow, you can just wear an underwear and walk around, uh, okay, not worrying yeah. about kind of leaks. Um, so yeah, seven pairs would be quite nice. What we say is like seven pairs will last you at least two years. Okay. Um, and after that, so the heavy ones loses the absorbency after 35 washes, 25 to 35 washes. Right. Um, again, this all depends on how you wash. Hand wash is the best option yeah. um, because the fabrics are delicate. So it's nice to do hand wash rather than machine wash. Yeah. Um, but 25 to 35 wash, the heavy ones. It doesn't mean that you can't use after that. You can still wear it for your lighter days. Yeah. And then just maybe buy a couple of heavy pairs, you know, just okay. to cover that kind of thing. But yeah. the light ones should last you as long as the underwear doesn't fall apart. Oh, okay. 
yeah, they're, they're really good and nice. Um, they don't have the absorbent fabric in it, but they have the, another layer of moisture wicking fabric. So it's basically fabric under fabric and liquid layer on it. Okay. So we've kind of leapfrogged over the big issue for reusable um, yes. sanitary products, which is the environmental benefits. So tell us, we've talked a little bit about it on previous podcasts, but for anyone who hasn't heard that, some of the problems with disposable period products and the problems they're causing for the planet. It's, it's huge. I mean, every day in the UK, 4.6 million tampons and pads gets, into, flush, gets flushed down the toilet. So that's I mean, just flushed, that's not that's bins or, wow. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? It's just like, how, how come we are still flushing tampons down, yes. down the toilet? I mean, but then when you look at any tampons or pads boxes, right? Mm. I, I literally saw that one of the logo was like, do not flush was at the bottom of the packaging. Yes, it's not very something clear. So, no, and they're tiny. So something that is so important and that will affect our environment and that is a single use, I think that should be a big logo saying like, okay, don't flush this down the toilet kind of thing. Okay. Um, or I think what, what the people should do is like every bin liner in those toilet should say like, put your tampons yeah. and pads here kind of thing. Yeah. So it's more like rather than just being as a bin, it's yeah. a bin with a purpose, like you have to do this kind of way. Um, so what happens when those products are flushed? So many, so most of the tampons are made up of like rayons and cotton. And sometimes and what's what rayon? Have, Sorry. For rayon is like, it's like, yeah. So rayon is similar to polyester kind of fabric, man-made fiber. Okay. So it's um, a synthetic fabric. Yes. It's a man-made. synthetic fabric. Yes. Um, and it, it does good absorbing um it is a quite absorbent fabric. Mm-hmm. So that's why they, they blend it together with the cotton. Um, so as, as it gets flushed, many of them like starts breaking down into like microplastic as well. Mm-hmm. And either I, they, some of them get caught in the sewage system mm-hmm. and stuff. The other one end up making like a massive fat bug, mm-hmm. kind of like blocking the sewage system. Yeah. And sometimes they also end up in rivers and seas. Um, Plastic Ocean did a campaign and they found out that uh, sanitary items were like the third or fourth most commonly found uh, plastic product in the rivers in the UK. Wow. So that's incredible. Like, I think we were, the tampons pad was ahead of the plastic bags. Uh, yeah. So, so and the it's problem not is huge. The tampons itself, it's the, the applicators as well, people flush, don't they? And lots of that's those the thing, plastic. yes. Yeah. Because I think once you use the tampon, People think that the used tampons can be going to go, can yeah. be put it in the bin, but the applicators can like just flush down the toilet. Right. Yeah. It's it's a, I mean, we don't even need those applicator, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Like we've and, been using cardboard before, and yeah, and and we're recording this in um, sort of mid June, and the BBC are just uh, broadcasting war on plastic which is a three-parter and they've just part two was a bit of a bombshell I think for a lot of people talking about um plastic in wipes yes but I think a lot of people don't realize that quite how much plastic is in sanitary products no no and I think um this is something that I think education is needed awareness is needed more and more Mm. um definitely we have come quite a ahead more than like five years ago Mm -hmm. at least now many of the supermarkets do have organic cotton tampons and pads. Yeah. They have got menstrual cup, uh, especially like major retailer kind of mm-hmm. thing. So this is the progress. 
But what we need is like more options uh, for women. There are period pants, there are cups and everything. And that should be available in every every shops. Every yeah, I was thinking that because I interviewed um, the founder of Dame, which is a reusable tampon applicator earlier on yeah. in the the in the series. And um, and you can buy those in Waitrose. And so I popped into our branch just to have a look and to see if they were there. And they were. And I thought, well, why isn't there a cup next to that as well? And why isn't why aren't there period pants there? And there's all these yeah. different types of sanitary pad disposables. But why haven't we got a range of um, reusables there as well, just to give people the options and to options, make it easy? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because we are getting aware. But the thing is, like many people still struggle to find the product mm. uh, because they are not available excessively excessively available mm. in the supermarkets. This is a, that's the thing. Yeah. You know? um, and I think yeah, supermarkets should take that responsibilities rather than covering the whole aisle in tampax and yes. always they should have more sustainable alternatives in there too yeah definitely so I think what it comes down to especially with something like your period as well when it's so there's so much um it's very personal and there's a lot of personal choice about what you prefer to use and that sort of thing so the brilliant thing is that now you know we have got cups we have got um cloth pads we have got period pants we've got all kinds of different options which i think is absolutely amazing what do you see as the benefit of period pants over and above the other kinds of reusables i've just mentioned um so it all I, it all depends on the personal preferences mm. i think the pants are great for when you just started your period especially for young girls mm. i know Many of the parents, and I, I see this repetitively, like many, par- many parents are still hesitant uh, to introduce cup for their mm-hmm. girls. And mainly because I guess, because they haven't tried it or they are already scared just yeah. looking at the cup kind of thing. It's daunting um, enough looking at a it, tampon when you're 12, let alone I looking know, at yeah. a, a cup, at isn't a cup, it? Yeah, <laughs> which has got a massive funnel on the top. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and I think for them, it's like a great transition and introduction to the reusable world. Yeah. Because we, what we want to do is we want to normalize that you know, you're wearing your pants for your period is okay. Yeah. And it doesn't feel icky or anything. And you can wash it just like your regular underwear. Yeah. So I think that's, that is a great opportunity for many people. Um, but also like pants are really great for people who have got learning difficulties or any kind of sensory issues Yeah, who find pads or anything very challenging to wear. Yeah. Um, they are also great for people who have got vaginimus. Uh, that is a condition where your muscle clenches as soon as oh, something okay. is going inside. Yeah. Um, and uh, people with endometriosis who cannot use cups. So any, I think it's it's great for anybody who are an external user who have yeah. been using pads for a long time but want to make that transition to uh, something comfortable. Yeah. Uh, like period pants. Um, how the underwear is better than the cloth pad is... This is something that I, I suffered from when I was growing up was like, I use cloth pads as a rag. Uh-huh. They move a lot, especially yeah. if you're wearing a longer pad. They, they move, they wedge, they shift quite a bit. And then this is like my, one of the biggest concerns was like, I want something that is like comfort, you know, it doesn't yeah. move and I don't have to it's keep not on wedging myself. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out in the public, like just yeah. to sort the things out. Um, so that was the main focus on this cloth pads are great and I, I i wore it up until i was 20 years old um um but i think it's all now it's all about like comfort and choices yeah, yeah. And what people to use I, I have many friends who use cloth pad and many friends who use cup um yeah. 
but they also use together the pants. So if you have like a super heavy floor, what we said is like, you can still wear cloth pads over the underwear. Right. So that, that reduces frequent changing, changing of the pads when you're yeah. out and about. So Yeah. Or um, have a, um, have a cup. And then if you're concerned about leaking or anything, leaks, you yeah. can the light pair on underneath. Exactly. Cool. And as I said, like nothing is one proof kind of thing. So yeah. w- I have many people who say like the cup leaks and kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or the, awful to use towards the end of the period when right you don't feel like it's gonna yeah yeah kind of thing so they go like yeah the pants are the greater towards the end or towards the sleeping kind of thing and I remember somebody saying to me once when I was talking about um moon cup which is what I use and saying that because you mentioned about people with learning or sensory difficulties but actually if you've got a physical disability trying to get a cup in and out without you know getting into a complete um state can be I imagine can be really really difficult so again in that scenario it's it's just the same as pulling on an ordinary pair of pants um absolutely absolutely we have got many like caregivers who constantly write an email to us um actually we did a small pilot kind of thing with uh, girls who are blind oh okay Um, vision impairment kind of thing and they found the underwear very easy to use as well because pads you don't know which side is the right, right. side and the wrong side kind yeah. of thing um so wearing just something simple underwear is like life-changing for some of the girls yeah definitely yeah. now you talked about them as being a great option for teenage girls and when you're just starting your period and things and we mentioned this before we started recording but I was asked a question by somebody said you know my my teenagers um started her period and want to sort of talk to her about reusables and obviously some of them feel a bit daunting and I said well period pads seem like a great option but she pointed out that obviously teenagers grow and will yes. will grow out of them and might grow out of them quite quickly is there a way of addressing that and what you do with the pants that they've grown out of yeah this is this is actually for the first time I've heard myself as well and it kind of gave me like a sense like okay we need to think about this um, yeah how are we going to solve it um because the underwear kind of lasts for at least two years. Mm. So, but I know the kids do grow very quickly, isn't it? Yeah. That's, the, that's the trouble, I guess. <laughs> I've got two teenagers in my in my house and then I can see them like changing <laughs> sizes, especially the shoe sizes. I mean, yeah. literally oh, every six months we have to buy new shoes kind yeah. of thing. Um, um, I think one way to do it is like, um, okay, this is going to be, so because the underwear is quite stretchy, in a way, it should fit the next size kind of thing as right. well. So um, especially if you are buying the lights, we do uh-huh. size small, which is fit size 8 and 10 kind of thing. Okay. And they do like a quite nut, snug fit as well. So that is something that you, that it can last for at least more than two years kind of mm-hmm. thing, for, even if they're in sizes and stuff. Um, I wouldn't recommend to swap or give it to somebody else uh, as it's a personal hygiene product Um, so that that could be one of our challenges now maybe we can see how we can tackle that do or could you do any kind of oh I'm just thinking about a return scheme and what what happens to the pants sort of end of life because one thing I want to talk to you in a minute is about that you know they're synthetic fabrics so it's not something that will compost or anything like that sort of end of life so um have you got any plans for what can be done with them as people grow out of them or when the heavy pads aren't absorbent anymore so basically what the underwear can be like you can if you are really concerned about the environment and you want to recycle the fabric all of the fabric can be recycled so the the fabric that we use on the central layer like um the middle part is 
uh, made out of lensing micromodal, and that is fully compostable. So, so tell me, what is lensing micromodal? I saw it on the website and I thought, that sounds really good, but I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> so, so Len, this guy called Lensing, um, um, he started uh, making a fabric in Austria using bee tree and eucalyptus plant tree. Right. Um, so they are also no, often known as tensils. Oh, okay, and yeah. what they do is they have this production of the fabric, which is closed loop fabric. Uh, closed loop cycle right. so any chemicals that is used to make pulp turning it into fabric is reused again and again 99.5 percent of it uh, whereas if you're talking about the the cotton industry mm. every time the 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 chemical that's used is released back in the environment mm-hmm. which is awful and um, so so we chose this specifically because it's a co2 neutral fabric the, the the beech tree do not compete with the crops right um, so and then they're all our forest certified trees as well okay um so so they are great for the environment and that's one of the reasons that and then they are biodegradable so they 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 run on a concept of cradle to cradle so what started from the soil should go back to the soil kind of thing and so that's the and, absorbable insert is it no no that's the outside and inside panel of the underwear so so the, the black fabric that makes up the pants. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Um, and then the gusset absorbent fabric are main made, man-made fiber. So, mm-hmm. and the pull layer is a man-made fiber too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you can do is basically cut yeah. the bits out and put the one that is biodegradable back into the soil, mm-hmm. and then the other one you can just take it to the, your clothes recycling center, and then basically they, they will get all recycled and oh, okay. So they do, yeah, they shred it, don't they? And, and yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. So, so that is that is one way of uh, recycling, um, and especially we've got a bralette as well. And the the bralette, except the strap on the on the shoulder, everything else can go into the soil. Okay. Um, the band we use is made out of cotton and bit of elastane. I know elastane, it's only got like eight percent of elastane, so uh, rest of it all cotton. Um, yeah. But I think they do both biodegrade quite quite easily. Okay. Um, so. Just take the nylon strap out, put it in the clothes recycling with the nylon and polyester, yeah. and then everything else just get chucked in. And, and that's a great thing about the, our light pants as well, because and the gusset layer as well has got a layer of micromodal fabric mm-hmm. in it. So they're again biodegradable. Okay, fabulous. So on, a, on that kind of note, we're learning more and more about the issues with microfiber pollutions when we wash our clothes and any synthetic fabrics. Well, all, all fabrics are releasing microfibers, but synthetics are releasing microplastics, which are, are causing a problem um, sort of within ecosystems when they get into the waterways. Yeah. Is that something that you've sort of researched or is there anything we can do to offset that when, when we're washing the pants? Um, hand wash is always the best. Mm. Um, because the because the man-made fab- fabric in the absorbent fabric is sandwiched between the two right. other fabric, there is very, very little chances of any fiber coming out. Okay. But there are many options, like especially washing the underwear. It's like you've got the guppy bags yeah. uh, that you can put your underwear in it and then wash it, mm. um, which captures everything. And I think that you, you can use that to any of the, um, any of the your nylon polyester yes. clothes kind of thing as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'll post a link for the guppy bag in the show notes because we've got one and I've actually been quite pleasantly surprised that it does seem to catch quite a bit, which is good. Yeah, you can, you can see it in, uh, with your eyes and then mm. you just realise like, the, the sheer amount of problem. Um, 
but yeah, I think the micro microfiber pollution is is, is a big one uh, because it it actually comes back to us through our food chain, and that's yeah. quite shocking. And we need to think about it. Um, but in terms of the underwear, hand wash is the best one, as yeah. I say always. Like with any clothes as well, not just just the underwear. Like it's best to hand wash it because you don't beat the fabric yeah so it's that bad. physical abrasion isn't it that's exactly yeah that's, yeah that's correct okay. um so so yeah okay brilliant for hand wash yeah and your pants are actually so you're based in the uk and and waka is a, a uk company is that right and but the pants are made in china was that a deliberate decision to outsource or how did that come about so initially when we started i wanted everything close to home mm. um and we made our, all our prototypes actually in, in Wales, in one of the small villages in Pontypridd. Oh, lovely. Uh, um, I went there, stayed four days, worked with everybody. I even like, started doing cutting, sewing oh. myself. Um, and that was great. They were so helpful and nice. And then when it comes to pricing, then it's just like you're paying everybody's salary and not yeah. anything, nothing's left for you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, they also shut down. Oh, okay. I left and they were the only last standing laundry manufacturer in the UK. Wow. Um, yeah, it just, it's just a sad thing. Um, then, then what, what I did was like, I had to find other options. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to Nepal, looked at four different manufacturing company. That's my sec- like next home. Okay. Mm. If I can employ many women making the underwear, I think that would be a, a great win for me. Mm. Um, sadly, or none of the manufacturer do laundry uh, and everything has now moved to China in right. terms of underwear. Yeah. Um, so, but we were so lucky to find our manufacturer in China who worked with like a startup business. So for me, I think that was like the biggest thing was like, I have never worked with any company like manufacturers before. Don't know where to, how yeah. to start anything. And they were incredible. Like I sent them a prototype that I made here in Wales and then, they sent me a sample that they replicate like and reiterated and came mm. back and it was a hundred times better than what I sent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were super professional and I don't think anything wrong with uh, manufacturing things in China, but the thing is like you have to, their working standards and everything yeah. are in place and that is something that we are super open about it and, and they, every six months they keep on sending us the BSC certified um, to say like how the company is performing in terms of working standards and stuff. Right. This is something that we have put up in our website too. Yes, I, I saw the I saw the links to that. So, um, yeah, I guess when we think about things being made in China, we think about fast fashion and things that are really mass produced. And often the problem is that suppliers don't even know where their things are being made because of these really yeah. complex supply chains. And it sounds like you've been able to avoid that because you're literally just dealing with one. One yeah, manufacturer and, and you can be really sure that they're doing what yeah they're and then the, the good thing about the fabric that we use as well we only make like made to order fabric right so if we are ordering three thousand underwear then we are only making a fabric just enough for three thousand so slightly they do take slightly longer time in that way but in a way we are not wasting any fabrics yeah in, in the process of making so we are quite quite mindful about those kind of things and yes uh, there's no middleman 
in, in us and the manufacturers. So we have direct contact. Yeah. I am on, on Skype every day with them to like <laughs> see how it's going. And they are fantastic. Yeah. Wow. I'm very lucky to find something in Google just like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you Google, see that just yeah. packs me up because I think, and I ask this of everybody, I say, it's all very well having an idea and I want to ask you about how the idea came about and how the, the brand started. But, you know, you go to go from idea to doing it and, you know, the fact that it sounds like you just sat there on Google and, and found a supplier yeah. just it blows my mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like uh, since the very beginning, I've been like a true hustler. Even now, like I started the whole uh, Wuka buying a secondhand sewing machine and coming and looking in the YouTube how to sew in underwear. Wow. It started all from there. You know? um, so it, it was an honor for me to go to Wales and work with those ladies. I think that that was like one of the, my biggest amazing moments. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's happening. Thing. Um, but yeah. And you've got quite a powerful story behind why you've done what you've done, haven't you? Can you tell us that? So I I grew up in Nepal um, up until 20 years old. So it's been only nine years since I've been living in the UK. Mm. Um, Growing up in Nepal, being a woman is very hard. And uh, I think when everybody asked me, so what do you want to be when I was growing up? my, My always answer was like to beat the boys. (laughs) <laughs> like I want to be better than boys kind of thing in everything because it's such a patriarchy society and, right and women are thought like the second on everything you know and I had this like vision like whatever I do I'll be better than boys kind mm. of thing <laughs> um so and then I think when, once you have your period and then it kind of like break all your dreams kind of thing. okay um at the age of 12 first period um first period my mom goes like okay you have to do the do the social tradition or called chopadi where you're banished for bleeding so she goes like okay here's a pad from the from her old sari and she gets she hands me a handful and she goes like you're going to stay in your aunt's house for seven days you cannot see any person and everything will be segregated from the house so i'm in my aunt's house uh, <laughs> seven days right no idea what's honestly yeah. what's happening kind of thing and I'm in this room and then I've given a bowl cup kind of thing separately um and then nobody comes around me like as if like you are an untouchable basically right. you know, in your own home and um the food is passed on the floor they don't even give you in hand um you're not allowed to go anywhere in your kitchen near, anywhere near temple or yeah. touch plants see outside sun so there are like so many barriers that kind of like set me off. Okay. I'm set. Like I cannot be like boys now anymore because now this thing happened and nobody comes and talks to me kind of thing. So that's the first impression kind of thing I got. Um, so was in, that, is, does that sort of social um, ritual or whatever that does that just apply to your first period? Or is that for every time a woman has a period? Now I grew up in so-called liberal I right. don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to do on my first period, but far Western part of Nepal still practices on every period and they are not, they don't go, they don't get to stay in a home. They go to house shed or wow. a menstrual hut. And this is heartbreaking for me. Honestly, like I have no idea what goes through those girls mind. Um, every year two or three girls die, like especially in January kind of time, they're trying to keep themselves warm 
and then they smoke inhalation and they they, they die. Wow. Many, I ha- I have I know that many girls even commit suicide because the fact of the the fear of this loneliness is mm. is awful. Um, though it's illegal now, it's illegal, and um, if anybody is found practicing it, the family gets penalized. Um, but I, what I think is like, rather than penalizing, this, it should be more carrot rather than stick. Right. Um, because, for example, if I'm a daughter and my, my parents send me to a cow shed, and if I tell the police or anybody, then my family gets penalized for five thousand, well, fifty dollars kind of thing. Mm. This is like five thousand Nepali rupees. For some family, that is the money for the whole family, like yeah. whole, whole month and whole family. Um, ra- would I stay hungry for a whole month or would I just go and stay out four days? Yeah. I would choose the four days, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to suffer through hunger and poverty and all this kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's a horrible thing that many girls go through. And when I did my first, I was like, okay, this is like really scarring. Mm. Um, but then after that, we do the same thing, but in our own house. You, don't, you still don't go to kitchen. You don't cook clean whatsoever. So can you uh, go to school? You can go to school. Oh, okay. Um, after the first one, you can see men and all this kind of thing. But right. there's this still things of untouchableness. Oh. The worst thing is like, I think when somebody, if, if any family member has passed away in your house, basically you're not allowed to be even near anybody. Wow. And that's heartbreaking for many, many, like, like many mothers, you know, if mm. they've got a husband passed away, then they can't be even close to their husband. Yeah awful thing wow so that obviously affected as it would affect it really affected you what how did yeah. the leap come from from that to moving over here and starting up your own business so i came here looking for the opportunity in life mm. um and i did environmental science degree um but i was quite mindful about the waste all, all, always all my mm. life i grew up very sustainably i mean i was talking to somebody else earlier and so like the first time I had I saw any ketchup or mayonnaise or any any bo- any plastic bottle kind of thing was here mm. we mostly use glass jars and stuff for everything mm. or a tin and uh, and then studied the environmental science part of it was uh studying about waste management in Heathrow wow and that's kind of like <laughs> yeah and that's that's one polluting place. You you'd be mm. surprised, like if you start looking into all the food waste and everything that goes there. Um, and then I got started getting very intrigued with the waste management and how how the waste gets recycled and mm-hmm. what people do. Um, then I started uh, doing some charity works uh in in london one was planet international um women's environmental network and then a few others as well i was doing like three four different things at the same time but all related to women's health and environment um and one of one of the ones the project that i did with women's environmental network was uh, doing a pilot run for environmental project yeah. um so we went to one of the school and I was telling them my journey of coming to Nepal and studying and what I used for menstrual product. Out of 40 girls, I think only one or two knew about menstru- uh, reusable menstrual product. Mm. Um, so none of them were aware about different options out mm. in the market. Then I was telling them, like, when I was growing up, I, I used those rags. And sometimes I used to pin the, 
rag and then wear it so that it doesn't move or shift. Yeah. Um, because one of the problem was like whenever you did sports and stuff, yeah. those pads used to literally fall off, you know, yeah. like super embarrassing. Um, um, but then pinning doesn't really help because sometimes the pin comes undone and yeah. then you get this horrible Ow. prick. Yeah. I know. Uh, so I started reiterating that as well as I was going so that the one layer doesn't get the, the one layer doesn't get pinned yeah. and there's still like a cover on it <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so I was talking to the girls and then I just had this like moment, like if I could pin the pad, why can't I sew the pad mm. in the underwear kind of yeah. thing? I literally on the way back home, I just went to one of the second shop, a sewing machine kind of thing. I was like, I don't know how to sew. Never sewed in my life. I said, like, I'm going to take it. You know, it'll, it'll inspire me to do something. <laughs> Even wow. if I don't make a pants kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so went to YouTube, learned how to like put the sewing machine together. Yeah. Um, some of the amazing there are YouTube channels where they t- teach you how to make a patent for um, pattern for, oh, sorry, okay. pattern yeah. for the underwear. Yeah. So I just took my, my husband's old t-shirt and then just, layout and then made my first little Brilliant. underwear <laughs> it was like a, a, a big barbie doll kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> underwear and kind of inspired me to to go to the next level so started doing like a fabric research for the absorbent fabric more than mm. anything else and then what i got was like simple ms underwear cut the sides and then it opens to a big panel kind of thing and you put the two you put two of those underwear uh, put insert uh, absorbent fabric inside and stitch it again. Oh, okay. Um, so kind of make, uh, I started with, I think size 10 or something. By the time mm. I finished it was size six. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I was doing a great job, uh. but I did, I did wear that even though it was tight. I just wanted to feel like how it feels to wear yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a thick gusset and, and walk around. Surprisingly, they were comfortable except the tightness on the stitching bit. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and then I was like, okay. Then I told my husband, like, I think we got to do this kind of way. And then he was like, go for it. Really? I would have been like, really? Do you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I had my husband, my steps are doing all the like liquid tests kind of thing or different absorbency. Um, Now, what what we did was like, okay, I I first need to know whether there is a need for for the product in the market because I can't come up with something that I absolutely love and then what if other people don't Yeah, you're the only one who likes it, yeah. Exactly. Um, So then what basically the next step was did the survey within 24 hours. I got nearly 700 responses. Wow. That was just incredible, like mind-blowing how many people are into the issue of like menstrual products. Yeah. Like how many people want that change. And uh, that's it. That was the beginning. And then after that, it's like the fabric, sourcing the fabric, sourcing the right fabric, and then going to Wales, getting the prototype. Then I posted out in our uh, local channel for mums to come and try the underwear. Brilliant. So I got like 20, 25 people yeah. knocking at the door, <laughs> and undressing themselves in front of me and wearing the underwear. It was incredible. Um, wow. And they have been advocate for me since the day one, you know, like, or what we've been doing so it's like journey together with all the yeah. women yeah. and I said to you before we started recording it feels to me for some reason like you're a really established brand but actually you said you've only been going about 18 months yes so we started end of 2017 and that was uh, when you had your first sort of commercially available 
No, we didn't have that available at that time. So oh. the first commercially available was in April, May 20, April 2018. Wow. Yeah. So we did a Kickstarter uh, okay. launch. I was still unsure about like whether it's going to pick up or not. So we just put ourselves two weeks. I pushed myself, asking for friends and family to yes, spread yeah. the word kind of thing. So within two weeks, we raised all the fund. Wow. Uh, we didn't go for much. We only go for, went for 7, 8K uh-huh. um, and then managed to raise it. Uh, that just put my, like, all... F- I think that was like a boost kind of thing for me. Okay, there are people who are ready yeah. to invest on the thing that I really want, uh, that I really care about and yeah. I'm going to make kind of thing. And um, yeah, then it took us three months to do the manufacturing process and everything. And these are these people knew that the whole process and yeah. they bought into it. Mm. Um, but before the first stock came, we just sold out everything because wow. we went in national league and that was incredible. Our wow. local BBC reached out to me and then they, they created this small video. They came to my house. I was like, this is freaking me out. Like BBC <laughs> coming and making a yeah, yeah. movie about it. Um, and when they put it up on uh, on their social channels, it just got picked up by so many national newspapers. Wow. We were all the way to, in Peru <laughs> as well. People from Peru were asking us, like, can we buy your underwear? Amazing. Um, yeah, so it took us quite a while just to get in stock. I think we got properly stocked uh, in August. Yeah. But you were saying that you're still quite a small team. You're still the kind of customer services manager, and the... I'm still I'm still the same small team. So I managed to. Um, so we, I started at uh, my living room. We managed to get a small warehouse now. Wow! Um, so I've got one person working part time. Uh, my husband helps me on the weekend. Yeah. Um, me, I do full time, and then I've got couple of freelancers who helped me who helps me and they they are absolutely amazing they have got the same passion as me so wow. it kind of like works together you know with a force amazing so what would you say there are other brands of period pants out there and um, what would you say sets Wukka apart why would you why would people choose to use yours so the first thing is I think about the absorbency if you're just talking about the product um it's it's our underwear holds more than any any other in the market. Okay. And we openly say that you can wear the underwear without using anything else. Uh-huh. Um, most of the other brands, they do like a leak-proof backup kind of thing. Right. So even on your heavy days, you still have to wear something. Oh, okay. And, and this is something that stands out. Most of the other brands also use like uh, nylon polyester fabric. Uh-huh. And we deliberately chose something eco-fabric. Yeah. Um, so it's it's better for the health and the planet both. Sure. Um, it's it's all about our story, I, I think. Yeah. So branding as well, like uh, Wuka stands for Wake Up Kick Ass, and that is. I was going to ask you if there was any significance <laughs> to the name Wake yeah. Up Kick Ass. I like that, yeah. and that's exactly <laughs> what we want people to feel. And I deliberately did the the band with the name the the underwear has got name on it because I want people to start the conversation. Yeah, they should be. If you can wear Calvin Klein, show it off, right? Yes. You see yeah. in the jeans and all this kind of thing. Why can't you wear period underwear where half of the world's population go through it? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes. There's a lot and of social media attention at the moment around sort of the, the whole taboo around periods and things, isn't there? And period yeah. poverty and things like that. So it's a conversation we need to keep having 
and having. I more. mean, the, the 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 conversation about the period poverty just came two three years ago. Mm. Before that, it was never never spoken about it, and one of the reasons is because there's such a stigma around yeah. it, you know. Yeah. So. What we say is like, if you see a friend wearing walker next time, start talking about periods. Yes, know? yeah, yeah. Many, many health problems also gets diagnosed by people talking with another people about it. Right, yeah. And from talk, we are talking about endometriosis, which gets forever to, to get diagnosed. Okay. Because people don't talk about it to another friends who have been maybe going through the same thing, yeah. you know, and already have the solution or suggestion for it. Yes, yeah. So it's just making noise about and- it. Wuka are doing a lot of work with the Plastic Oceans campaign as well, aren't they? Yes. Or aren't you? So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very lucky to um, meet David Attenborough and <gasps> Joe Ruxton. You did I, not. I did. <gasps> I did. Uh, very, very lucky, honestly. Like, that was like one of my best moments of life. Uh, um, I would just yeah. stop there. I would just stay in bed forever after that. I'd be like, nothing else can top this. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just like... I was shake hands. I told him, like, <gasps> I studied about you all my, like, u- university degree kind of thing. Um, wow. It was incredible. But uh, when I met Jo, then she goes, like, you should definitely come and, like, partner with us kind of thing. So um, Jo Buxton is behind the Plastic Oceans campaign. Yes, yes she yeah. is. She's the founder of it. And uh, and she introduced me to Natasha, who runs the Plastic Ocean kind of thing. And she goes, like, okay, here's our research that just came out uh, that we conducted and we can work on this kind of thing. So yeah. we studied the unflushables. Um, so one of the, an amazing artist, Venus Libido, see, she created this great poster for us, the wave of the tampons and pads kind of thing. <laughs> um, and here's this girl standing with walker pants, also giving the various options. So we say like, wake up. Yeah. There's like 4.6 million tampons pads being flushed down the toilet. Mm. Um, Kikash, you can be the solution because mm. there are many options that you can take. And then we've got this little banner of like cups, uh, mm. period pants, cloth pads. For us, it's more about giving the choice to the people yeah. rather than anything else so that they are aware, they are informed and they make the right decision. And you've got those posters, haven't you, for people to download on your website and you're encouraging people to go and sort of stick them up on toilet doors and that sort of thing just to start conversations yes yes so if you if you go to our website wuka.co.uk there is a page called plastic oceans and you can just go there and download the poster and you can either print it yourself and put it up or if you email us then we will send you a printed poster as well oh brilliant um, yeah and then we've also got like, little stickers haven't you Did yes we them? do we do yeah laptop sticker with that little seahorse carrying a tampon <laughs> I thought we, we, we found that the seahorse is quite iconic yeah after the the q-tips thing. yes so we, yes. we tried to play on that um and you talk about people getting involved in a in a flush mob which is obviously yes. a play on the flash mob thing so yes. um and I just love that it makes me I love a pun anyway but um so tell us about that what's the, what's the flush mob so basically it's it's all about like being part of the solution I would say mm. and not flushing anything um down the loo except pee poo and paper yeah that's the, that's the three p's um and uh and just telling your friends about it you yeah know, like the, the sheer amount of problem we're asking businesses um 
homes, schools to put up the poster behind the back of the toilet. Yeah, because you're so always sat there, aren't you? And if you go to, yes. like we go to National Trust places and they put their advertising on the toilets and you sit there and you have a look and you're like, oh, that looks a good event or whatever. But to have one of those at work or at school or whatever would really start some conversations. I conversations, think fabulous. exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And then more and more women get informed about the choices that's available in the market as well. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So where can we find you online then? I think you mentioned the website, but where can remind people of that? And then where can we find you on social media? Uh, so you can find us online at wuka.co.uk. That is w-u-k-a.co.uk. Online in all social medias, we are as at wukaware, w-u-k-a-w-e-a-r kind of thing. Brilliant. But yeah, in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming and for sharing your story and, you know, the story behind Wooker. And I think one of the things I really love is the fact that, as you say, it, it what is important to you is informing people about those choices. And yeah. at the end of the day, if period pants don't suit them, that's fine. There's all these different options as well. Options, and and exactly. the, the overall goal is to reduce the sort of plastic pollution and the environmental impact. And that comes through really, really strongly. I think it's fab. Absolutely. Absolutely. And breaking the taboos as you go along. Absolutely. It's like a win-win situation kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. It's lovely to chat to you. Lovely to talk to you as well. And thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.